In the case of the Pharaoh's mask, he panted. Dad's book? She began to beat at his chest and face with her open hands. You got this from Dad's book? Are you crazy? The biggest fire he ever survived was a backyard barbecue. Aiden was too exhausted to answer, but his expression said it all. Maybe this wasn't safe, but it was infinitely safer than staying here to burn. He draped one of the dripping blankets over her head and wrapped himself in the other one. Hold your breath, he said harshly, and whatever you do, don't stop. They ran, bursting through the flame-obscured doorway. Cowering under the wet wrapper, Meg couldn't see, but she knew when she was in the fire. There was extreme heat, and most terrifying of all, a total absence of air, a baking vacuum. And then it was over. Aiden ripped the blanket away, revealing the TV room with the blaze miraculously behind them. Roll, he commanded. She did. At that moment, she would have obeyed if he'd asked her to fly. They pounded at each other's wet clothing, beating out any smoldering spots. Are you okay? He rasped. But Meg was listening to something else. An all-too-familiar creaking sound from above. The rest of the roof was about to cave in. She grabbed her brother's hand. Run! The two of them blasted out of the building. The roar that came from behind told them the roof was collapsing in their wake, but they never looked back. Outside was pure chaos, with the helpless supervisors squirting extinguisher foam on a fire that had already consumed everything in its path. The outbuildings were ashes. Cows, geese, chickens, and residents milled around in the confusion. Aiden got no more than 50 feet from the house before collapsing to the dirt, physically and emotionally drained. It's okay, Meg soothed. We made it. How can it be okay? Look around you. Meg shrugged. What do we care if their jail burns down? But it's all my fault. Meg goggled. You torched the farm? Aiden gasped out the story of the mishap with a kerosene lamp. I could have put it out. I was going to. I just waited a few seconds. But by then, it was too late. The soups are going to kill me. Meg drew him to his feet and led him farther away from the remains of the building. The soups are never going to see you again, she said. We can be a long way from here by sunup. Aiden was horrified. You mean take off? Don't you think we're in enough trouble already? We're the only ones who aren't in trouble, she argued. They have no real right to keep us here. Besides, there is no here anymore. Aiden was racked with guilt. Aren't you listening to me? I have to turn myself in. Somebody could be dead in that fire. It was almost you. The girls all got out, she reasoned. And the boys had plenty of warning. She took hold of him by the shoulders. Listen, bro, you just saved my life. Now I'm going to save yours. Let's blow this popsicle stand. His eyes were hopeless. We'll never make it. The soups have their hands full, she insisted. You think we'll be the only ones missing when the ashes cool? Besides, when they investigate, they'll hear that the roof fell on me and you were in a barbecued chicken coop. Maybe they'll think we're dead. Even if we can get away... Aiden argued back. We're in the middle of nowhere. We have no place to go, no money. 
You're in your pajamas. I'm in a jumpsuit that might as well have a sign that says jailbird. This is what we've been praying for. A chance to get out of here. To help mom and dad. I don't know how we'll do it. But we definitely can't if we're locked away. She played her trump card. This place is dust. God knows where they'll send us next. We might not even be together. This is a gift, Aiden. Say thank you and fly. Over Meg's shoulder, Aiden saw the east wall of the main house collapse in a cascade of smoke and embers. Whatever lay ahead, this chapter of their lives was over. They sprinted for the cornfield.